Welcome to Awesome Movie Year, the podcast where we take a look back at an awesome year for movies, which is every year. My name is Josh Bell, film critic and writer, and I'm joined by my co-host. I'm Jason Harris, filmmaker, comedian, and I'm almost done with this godforsaken year of film. (laughs) Oh, boy. It's been a journey here on this season of Awesome Movie Year. Early on at the beginning of this season, I was so excited because as we've talked about a lot, I've I've really been eager for us to look back further into film history on this podcast. I had looked up the films of 1953. I thought there was a real interesting variety of film, a lot of things that uh, would be cool for us to talk about, that people would be interested in, that would give us a, a good range of stuff to talk about. And I think that is all true, but it also turned out that Jason... I uh, hated most of the movies. <laughs> I sure so. did. I sure did, Josh. If you took a cross section of films, but you know, we talked about this. You know, uh, uh, there's just um, a lot of things that I'm not a fan of in this year. You know, the style, that kind of uh, old style of acting, and you know, there's a lot of filler in a lot of these movies that we've talked about. It just a lot of it just didn't work for me. But again, there are movies that are, as we've said the fourth best film of all time, right? According to many that I also didn't like. So I just think uh, I just didn't have it. As I mentioned before, it's me and Tarantino fighting against the 50s and crusading for cinema today. Thankfully, we have Aubrey Plaza and Martin Scorsese with today. Obviously, Scorsese would have been a huge fan of the 50s cinema, I think. But I, I I think it's the idea of the code and I don't know what's going on, but I just just found a, a lack of overall creativity or authenticity or grit. I don't know what it was. It just wasn't a good movie year for me. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you on the code. I, as we we've talked about, I do like that old style of acting. I mean, it's different, but I think it's really, there's something really enjoyable about it. I think there's a lot of great acting in that style. I love movies from like the thirties and forties too, which can be even more that way. As we talked about, like with the wild one and Marlon Brando, this is at a point where method acting and stuff is just starting to become more mainstream. We talked about Montgomery Clift too in From Here to Eternity, but I really like that old style of acting. Um, But I'm with you that the code constrains a lot in Hollywood filmmaking. And of course, we did talk about multiple foreign films. We talked about independent films. So it wasn't all just 1950s Hollywood, but Jason hated it all anyway. So I liked a few things, you know. You did. I gotta say that. So, you know. You did. So, as always, at the end of the season, we look back at our categories and what movies that we didn't talk about that we could have, what other movies were major films in this year, and some suggestions that we got from you, our listeners. So we started off the season with the box office champion, The Robe, which Jason hated, the biblical epic. The worst um, film we've ever covered on this show. Still there. Um, <laughs> we actually talked about quite a few of the other top 10 box office films in 1953. Uh, From Here to Eternity was number two, which we talked about that Jason loved. So yeah. really quite a dichotomy there. Best picture winner. That too. Uh, the Western Shane uh, How to Marry a Millionaire with Marilyn Monroe. Uh, those were the the next on the list. Disney's Peter Pan. And then House of Wax, which we also talked about, the Vincent Price film. Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, also with Marilyn Monroe. That was my pick, which is a great movie, and I don't understand why Jason didn't like it. 
Oh, I, I, uh, I made it very clear why I didn't. You like did. It. You did. That <laughs> is true. That is true. But I still think that is a great, great film. Uh, Salome, which is another biblical epic. So as we talked about on the road, biblical epics, huge at the box office in this era. And finally, the Knights of the Round Table. And that is uh, the top 10 films at the box office. I mean, you know, Peter Pan's a classic. We all saw that growing up and we all like that one. I say I think I haven't seen it in years, but I think I'd still like that. And Shane uh, is, you know, considered by many, I'd say, if not the best, one of the top five westerns of all time. I haven't watched it since probably high school, so that would be a good rewatch for me. Yeah, I saw that at the, the TCM festival one year, I believe, and uh, with Alan Ladd, and it does have kind of a whiny kid. I the the main thing yeah. I remember is that kid go Shane, come yeah. back, Shane, yeah. come back, come back, Shane. Yeah, <laughs> that's true, Josh. That is true. But maybe it would be good to revisit. Um, in our first feature episode, we talked about Stanley Kubrick's Fear and Desire, and that was really like the only major filmmaker debut feature for this year in terms of when I was doing research for this season. I noted just a few others that are not in that same league. Robert Aldrich, who directed like um, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane and The Flight of the Phoenix. And so some pretty major films. His first movie called Big Leaguer. Uh, Dick Powell, who's mainly known as an actor, a film noir actor, but was also a director in his first film called Split Second as a first, first, first film as a director. Uh, another film noir. And then as we did mention in our cult classic episode on Glenn or Glenda, that was Ed Wood's first feature. So uh, Ed Wood and Stanley Kubrick, quite the dichotomy there. I think you've summed up 1953 for me. Um, <laughs> lots of Ed Woods, two little Stanley Kubricks. But, uh, All right. you know, Kubrick was obviously the right pick. And those first three movies, um, you know, uh, where we did, where we kind of talked about all three of them on the episode, I think really set the the path here of where he was going as a filmmaker. Right. And we should say that Fear and Desire, one of the films from this season that you did like. Yeah. So that's two already that we've mentioned. Hey, amazing. Um, our flop was another film that Jason really, really hated, The 5,000 Fingers of Dr. T, Dr. Seuss's only uh, direct foray into Hollywood. And I, you know, as we keep saying, box office figures are tough to quantify from this era. So I didn't find anything else notably that was a big flop that's famous. So this was really the only choice for this episode. And Dave loved this movie and Jason hated it. So it was quite quite a range of responses in that one. Yeah, this might be my favorite movie of the season. It's so much fun. Oh, Dave. <laughs> that's that's wild, man. That movie's terrible. But I uh I'm I was excited when we kind of picked it. It's, you know, Dr. Seuss, it's Hollywood, it sounds crazy. It just didn't go crazy enough for me. Yeah, yeah. Jason's uh, dreams for various uh, episodes crushed here this season. Um, <laughs> the Cannes Film Festival Palme d'Or winner that we talked about was The Wages of Fear, another one that Jason did like. That's three. Other films in competition at Cannes that year include uh, Come Back Little Sheba, starring Burt Lancaster, who had a big year that year with uh, From Here to Eternity as well. Uh, Alfred Hitchcock's I Confess, which is uh, personally, I think, one of Hitchcock's kind of lesser films. Um, Monsieur Hulot's Holiday, the Jacques Tati film, which um, I haven't seen any of his uh, Monsieur Hulot films um, or or any Jacques Tati films at all. But he's a very, very famous comedy director from France, a huge influence on like Mr. Bean and other slapstick kind of stuff. So. Have you seen any Tati films, Jason? No, I haven't. And um, I wish you didn't ask because I was going to 
talk about how pathetic you are for not seeing any of that you film idiot <laughs> thank you thank you but uh but you you mentioned Burt Lancaster there Josh a real a real movie star as I as I continue to say he is and I I haven't seen Comeback Little Sheba but um it looks like an interesting one uh Peter Pan actually also in competition at Cannes a John Ford film called The Sun Shines Bright, which I'm not familiar with, and a Vittorio De Sica film called Terminal Station that I'm also not familiar with, but both of those obviously big filmmakers um, in competition there at Cannes. Yeah, um, I don't uh, I don't have any answers for you, Josh. I like the one we picked. All right. Yeah, that was a good choice. And um, I think uh, we talked also about the remake Sorcerer that William Friedkin made in 1977 that is worth seeing as well. Yeah, who was just saying that they watched Sorcerer like twice last year? Like, you know how uh, Steven Soderbergh, right? And he loved Doctor T also, right? But um, yeah. it's funny how many of these movies that we reference in this season have come up in pop culture, just you know, uh, either from our devices listening to us or because they actually have relevance to today. Yeah, they do, despite your dislike of all of them. Um, <laughs> the documentary that we talked about was The Living Desert, which is Walt Disney's first feature-length nature documentary and was also the Oscar winner for best documentary feature that year. Um, not a big year documentary-wise, I don't think. The other documentaries nominated for the Oscar were The Conquest of Everest and, again, appropriate for pop culture this year, A Queen is Crowned, which was a documentary about the coronation of Queen Elizabeth, who, of course, uh, ended her reign this year by dying by dying the only way really that those people end their reigns i think yeah well um you know prince andrew he he ended his reign by doing a by uh committing social suicide and let's not continue to go there let's yeah let's leave him out of this but he, uh yeah he bad boy yes uh ni neither of those films i think really long lasting as uh, as notable documentaries but it was fun to talk about that disney one i think josh don't remember on the living desert we also ran an expose showing how the filmmaker mass murdered a bunch of animals just so he can make a documentary he did but not in that one all the animals no animals harmed in the living desert it was only later yeah that they murdered all the lemmings so, yeah yes. yeah lemming murderer and jew haters and just a lot going on with that documentary. Disney, such a wholesome company. <laughs> uh, my pick, as I said, was Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, which I, I still, I think is great. I hope people enjoy it, even if Jason did not. Um, a couple other, a few others that I thought of. Roman Holiday was the main other one that I was considering with Gregory Peck and Audrey Hepburn. Audrey Hepburn won Best Actress that year. That is a really fun movie. And we were maybe gonna do a Marilyn Monroe thing for audience choice. So I would have picked Roman Holiday there. Couple other favorites for me from that year, Stalag 17, which we talked about with William Holden, who also won the Oscar, and the uh, gritty noir film, The Hitchhiker by Ida Lupino, one of the only female directors working in Hollywood during this period. Yeah, I wish you would have chosen that, but your bias <laughs> against female filmmakers continues on this show. Sure, sure. <laughs> that was the reason. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, our foreign film was Tokyo Story, as Jason said, the fourth greatest film of all time, according to the recent sight and sound poll, which happened this year and got a lot of attention. Um, a few other uh, considerations. Monsieur Hulot's Holiday, as I mentioned, the Jacques Tati film. Ugetsu by uh, Mizuguchi, another Japanese film. And uh, The Earrings of Madame de 
by Maxwell Ophuls, which is a film I have not seen, but have have meant to see. So uh, any other foreign films from that year that you like, Jason? Actually, Josh, I was going to choose one for my pick, uh, right. which was Gates of Hell, a Japanese film uh, directed by uh, Kinagasa. Uh, who I'm sure I butchered his name and I apologize for that, but it's about a samurai who tries to marry a woman he rescues only to discover she is already married. So I thought that would have been an interesting movie. Yeah, I am not familiar with that film, so uh, could have been a good choice. But Jason, you picked The Wild One, which you didn't like. I did pick The Wild One. I still like the idea of going for something that we've never seen before, you know, and I did want to see it. So I thought, um, I thought it would be a good choice. Uh, you never know when these, uh, when you're getting these cultural, um, landmarks, whether they hold up as film or just landmarks. Right. And I think that was a case where I agreed with you that it was mostly just a landmark, but, but interesting as in that way. And Marlon Brando, as we said, this sort of acting style, the transition at this time period. And, uh, or Dave just hated that. I think, is that your least favorite movie that we've talked about ever, Dave? Yeah, I think it might be. I, there's just something about it that rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah. yeah that just, that. that makes me like it more, as you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So much conflict here this season. Uh, we talked about the Venice Film Festival winner, which was, Jason, do you want to say the title? Vivi Thank you. You're uh, the Federico Fellini film. As we mentioned in that episode, it was actually a six-way tie for the winner of the Venice Film Festival that year. And we went with Fellini because he's uh, such a major figure, wanted to talk about him. The other movies that tied for winning the Venice Film Festival that year were uh, Therese Rican, a French film by Marcel Carnet, uh, Ugetsu that I mentioned before, the Japanese film by Kenji Mizuguchi, a John Huston film called Moulin Rouge that I'm not familiar with, a Soviet film called Sadko, directed by Alexander Petushko, and an American independent film, actually, which is a rare thing, uh, from three directors, Ray Ashley, Morris Engel, and Ruth Orkin. And um, as we talked about, I think a little with uh, Ed Wood, independent films, not a, not a common thing here in 1953. So impressive that something like that went all the way to Venice. Well, what is that movie about, Josh? It's about a little fugitive. Um, <laughs> I think it's about a kid who kind of uh, goes on the run or so, like a runaway, um, I believe. Um, mm. I've, I've not seen it, but um, it does have, I think, a bit uh, a bit of a cult following. Uh, supposedly, again, just according to Wikipedia, it was an influence on the French New Wave. Ah, well, I like the French New Wave, as I've said a hundred times. Josh, we talked about From Here to Eternity as the Best Picture winner, and you've already mentioned most of the other movies that were up for Best Motion Picture of the year. We mentioned The Robe, bleh. Roman Holiday, you know, almost your pick. Shane, come back still. And Julius Caesar, which we also mentioned uh, in the Marlon Brando Wild One episode as he was ascending to being the smoldering megastar that he was. He was indeed, but I'm guessing that historical epic is not a film that you would have enjoyed any more than the wild one. Uh, I can't say for sure, Josh. I can't yes. say for sure. Yes. But um, again, go watch From Here to Eternity. Absolutely. From Here to Eternity is great. And Roman Holiday is also great. Um, Dave, you picked House of Wax, the Vincent Price film, which was the first major studio film shown in 3D. 
which Jason did not like. And uh, did you Man, have any? You're really other taking possible? it to me here, Josh. I mean, <laughs> am I wrong? No, um, it's not that good of a movie. Yeah. Were there other movies that you were uh, potentially picking, Dave? The main one that was my alternate pick was Abbott and Costello Go to Mars, which I'm not sure if I've ever actually seen, but I know my dad made me watch lots of Abbott and Costello when I was a kid. So there's a chance I watched that one. I also was thinking about the other movies from our audience choice, which we'll talk about in a second here. Like all these kind of monster type movies were interesting to me to to discover. And then uh, the last pick, just out of curiosity, I've never seen it, but with the re-release of James Cameron's Titanic coming up in like a month, I was thinking about Titanic, which is also from the same director as How to Marry a Millionaire. Oh yeah, see, directors, like everyone just very prolific during this period of time. I haven't seen that one. I think if you had picked that Abbott and Costello movie that would have kept with your tradition of picking uh, lowbrow comedies that I would sure. hate, I do not yeah. care for Abbott and Costello. Yeah, but what a, what a comic brand they were back in the day. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, they're, I'm not saying that they're not worth talking about or worth watching. I've seen one of their, the, when they meet the Wolfman or they meet Frankenstein. I think, I think the meet Frankenstein is the one that I've seen. So I'm sure we'll get to one of them at some point in an awesome movie here. Yes. Yes, indeed. So our cold classic pick, as we said, was Glenn or Glenda by Ed Wood, which Jason hated. <laughs> You're acting like I'm the only one who hated that. True. You know, no, so. you are right. It's, it is known as one of the worst movies of all time, even though it has been rehabilitated in some way, as we talked about, but mm -hmm. I, I didn't like it. either. I didn't like it either. And I think the other options were were things that we've we've that have come up already. The Hitchhiker, uh, it came from outer space, which ended up being one of our audience choice options, and and House of Wax, which Dave chose. So um, a lot of that that kind of genre, you know, sci-fi monster stuff from the 1950s gets a gets the cult following. And that makes sense. Yes, yes, it does. So our audience choice was those movies. We ended up talking about The War of the Worlds. The other options were It Came from Outer Space and The Beast from 20,000 Fathoms. And I haven't seen either of those. Dave, have you seen those uh, in your affinity for monster movies? I feel like I probably did. Those are like, I have box sets of them that I used to watch, you know, in, in high school. I don't really recall though, if I've seen those specifically. Yeah, I, I would be curious. I mean, I, they always have great titles, if nothing else. Yeah, for sure. Like I said, we thought about maybe a Marilyn Monroe category for this because she did have a great year with Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, How to Marry a Millionaire, which is sort of like a less good version of a similar story from Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, and Niagara, which is very different, which is a sort of film noir, which she is excellent in. And I actually watched that this year unrelated to the podcast and really, really liked. And of course, the 1950s are really big for Westerns. We thought of a category potentially for those with Shane as well as The Naked Spur, Calamity Jane, and Hondo starring, uh, I believe starring John Wayne, which was another movie in 3D that I saw in 3D mm. at uh, the TCM festival one year. And it's got a lot of arrows flying at the screen. <laughs> what, uh, has there been a great Western in the last few years? I mean, with Yellowstone like taking over TV, you would think like the big screen might be ripe for uh, a Western resurgence. Yeah, I, there probably has been that's not coming to mind at the moment. But um, I mean, I think there uh, there's usually like a handful of Westerns each year and, and some of them turn out to be good. But I'm not thinking of anything offhand. I'm sure I'll come up with it after we finish this episode and remember what was oh, good that I saw. That's great for the listeners. Isn't it though? Yeah. Can I throw a really uh, interesting Hondo tidbit out there? Please. Um, do, you guys, do you guys remember this? There was a 3D episode of Married with Children 
where I Al Bundy you. really wanted to watch Hondo in 3D. <laughs> That's fantastic. Wow. The, so the, the episode was in 3D and it was about yeah. 3D? Yeah, that's what I'm seeing. I don't even remember this, but I remember the episode because in my head I'm thinking like, didn't Al Bundy love Hondo? And yeah, sure enough, it was like a big thing. That's so weird. So do, you didn't watch that episode in 3D? I don't remember. Maybe I did. I was such a big fan of the show, but uh, yeah, it was in 3D. Yeah. I bet I did watch it in 3D. It seems like something I would do. <laughs> it does. And and <laughs> yeah. and also that is absolutely, I thought Dave, Dave must have been a big fan of Married with Children. That is. Yeah. Yeah, that is his thing. <laughs> so, uh, and that was that was the end of the season. Uh, as always, at the beginning of the season, we asked listeners online on social media for their own suggestions. And surprisingly, we didn't get as many as we got last season in 1992 when we had just like a flood of suggestions. We, bro- we, we broke the records, Josh. And then you just had to dry them right up, didn't you? Yeah. They were we wet that- for another season and you're like, nope, not no. me. I don't want to hear it from them. No, we got some. We got some. Uh, Not surprisingly, our friend Chad Clinton Freeman was the most eager suggester of films, including a lot that we talked about. So hopefully Chad was happy with this. How is that possible? Zack Snyder, I don't even think was born yet. No, that's true. Somehow there were other films, not not DC films at all. But uh, shout out to Chad. Um, but yeah, Chad had suggested The Robe and The War of the Worlds and House of Wax and Glen or Glenda so, and The Wild One. So all of stuff we talked about. He also suggested Niagara, which, like I said, is, is a really, really good film with, uh, with Marilyn Monroe, as well as The Hitchhiker and Hondo. So uh, Chad really covering the bases of 1953 there. Joe Cox suggested The Robe as well. So a couple listeners interested in The Robe, Jason, despite your feelings on it. I'll fight them all. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> so my sister, Brandy Bell, suggests a gentleman prefer blondes, which I know that she loves, and I agree with her. And The Big Heat, which is a film noir that I think I've seen, but I don't remember a whole lot about. Uh, our friend Victoria Ribeiro hopefully also was happy with this season, made some suggestions for films that we talked about. And she also suggested Titanic, Dave, that you mentioned there, um, mm-hmm. the previous version of the Titanic story, which I have not seen, but maybe is uh, an interesting point of comparison. It's really know. easy to find, Josh. It's near, far, wherever you are. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And, uh, Celine Dion also, I don't think, born by this point, joining Zack Snyder. Um, <laughs> finally, Bo Pearson suggested, again, a bunch of movies that we've mentioned, Shane, Hondo, Roman Holiday, The Wild One. And he also suggested Julius Caesar, that uh, Oscar nominee featuring Marlon Brando. So even though we didn't get a ton of suggestions, we did cover a lot of the movies that people were interested in. So hopefully we pleased some of our listeners and we appreciate all the suggestions. Maybe we gave people a reason to check out movies from 1953 or to avoid 1953 movies altogether. Hey man, it's what it is. Not everyone's going to like everything, you know? True. But in the spirit of that, Jason, we went from a year that I really wanted to talk about to something that you really wanted to do, which was go as recent really as, as we we're willing to do so let us know what's coming up in the next season yeah josh i as as you have been wanting to go further back into time i want to feel like i want to see what it feels like to cover the most modern year that we could cover but you have put hard rules in place about 
you will you refuse to cover anything that is less than a decade old. So we looked at uh, two two years, and we're not going to pick the year that's a that's only ten years ago. We're going back one extra year for you, Josh. Eleven years ago, the year was two thousand and twelve, and we thought that had a real interesting tapestry of films for us to cover. So that is going to be our next season, two thousand twelve. I'm going to try to get the audience back that you lost in this season, and we're going to do the best that we can to get the show back on track. Yeah, I think one of the great things about this show is that we can cover this wide, wide range of film history and we can jump ahead nearly 60 years from one season to another. So yeah, because we still don't have sponsors and we've done 200 episodes and made no money. Thanks, guys. I mean, we're we're enjoying it. I think Jason is so 1953 has made you so bitter. I don't know. I hope uh, we can bring your joy back. I'm still are, dealing with the fallout of the Korean War from that year, Josh. There's a yeah, lot going on. It's rough. So uh, as always, we're starting with the box office champion, and that is the Avengers. So 200 episodes. We've never uh, talked about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Great. There's something I'm not burned out on. <laughs> All right. So, Jason, look forward to Jason hating the films of 2012. Tune in next time for The Avengers. Thanks for listening to Awesome Movie Year. Thank you for listening to Awesome Movie Year. Make sure to follow Awesome Movie Year on Facebook, at Awesome Movie Pod on Twitter, and at Awesome Movie Year on Instagram. And if you like the show, review us and rate us with five stars on Apple Podcasts. An All Points West production, produced by David Rosen in Las Vegas.